Welcome to Real Life Christianity with Deacon John Lozano. This podcast is about real life and living it in the light of the gospel. Real things, everyday things, relationships at home and work, real issues that the world presents every day, the complexities, difficulties, joys and aspirations of being human. Deacon John is a real guy, a deacon, but also a husband, a dad, a businessman, as well as an experienced counselor, educator, and author. And Deacon John invites us to come as you are as he brings the transformative power of the gospel down from the clouds to real life, your life. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank it himself with his children and flocks? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I give will become in him a spring welling up to eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I may never be thirsty again or have to come and draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said, Sir, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but people say the place to worship is Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. For the hour is coming and is now here wherein true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said, I am he, the one who is speaking with you. 
At that moment, his disciples returned. They were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for, or why are you talking with her? The woman left with her water jar, went to the town, and said, come and see the man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say in four months there will be a harvest? I tell you, look up and see the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The reaper is already receiving his payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you share in the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to Jesus, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, we no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. On this early morning. <laughs> Special welcome wherever we are in the journey of life and faith, we're always welcomed here. We're in week three of our series, I'm fine and neither are you. (laughs) And today, the theme is, we all have wounds. You know, there's something about these series, we uh, do these back home where I'm from and the suburbs of Philadelphia, that I find rather uh, striking. One is how relevant they are. They're just relevant to our life. Sometimes we go to church and we hear a nice homily and get some nice thoughts and maybe inspired, but not always sure if it is relevant to our life. Boy, this one is. And I also think these uh, series, these themes are kind of bold, kind of gutsy. We all have wounds. I'm just here for church. (laughs) So I go to church on Sunday, my obligation, wounds. Why are we talking about wounds? Well, for two reasons. One is this. 
One reason is this. We gather around this. A man utterly wounded, emotionally wounded, psychologically wounded, spiritually wounded, and oh boy, physically wounded. And the other reason is you and I are all wounded. It's one thing we have in common is our wounds, our brokenness. It's what kind of brings us together here. Not how clean and put together we are, but our wounds. You know, in my parish back home, I, 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 several times someone would come up to me and say, you know, I don't know if I belong in this church. I, and I would say, well, why? I said, well, you know, I'm divorced. And all the people here have intact marriages and everybody looks like a perfect family. Mine isn't. Or another person would come up and say, you know, these, everybody's got kids that are doing well. Mine's on drugs. I don't belong here. Oh, no. No. We all belong here. And friends, no one goes through life unscathed. None of us. We all, even the ones who look like they have everything right, we all have our wounds. That's why we're here. This is the one place we most belong. It's the only place where people gather around woundedness. The only place any other social gathering you have is not centered on a wound, a wounded person in our wounds. Nowhere but here. So you are welcome. I'm welcome. Wherever we are on this journey of life and faith, we're welcome here. Today's gospel... um, kind of amplifies this. This is a very, very wounded woman. First of all, she's a woman, and in the first century, that really wasn't easy. It was a patriarchal society, and a woman had value only in being married and having children, particularly a male. If that didn't happen, it wasn't pretty. And if your husband died without a son, there's a good chance you're on the street. It's hard to be a woman. She's also a Samaritan. They called them half-breeds. They were Jews who intermingled with Gentiles, took on some pagan practices, so the Jews despised them. Despised. And she had five husbands. And the one she's living with now, well, he's not her husband. She had a big reputation. And maybe she had all five or six of them 
for survival as a woman. So her life was very hard, and she had a lot of wounds. She even comes at midday for water, you know, the hottest part of the day. You know why? To avoid the other woman who rejected her, gossiped about her. Imagine that. Imagine your life being kind of scheduled around being away from people because they reject you, because it was too painful. Then there's this scene, friends. And I'd like you to take this home with you. In the gospel, there's no one there but the woman and Jesus. The woman is standing before Jesus, who's standing before her. That's quite a scene. Jesus and the woman. The woman and Jesus. The wounded one, the rejected one, the six men, the Samaritan, the woman, and Jesus. You know, Jesus is standing with her. It's scandalous. We don't appreciate it because we just, we're in our culture and history. It's scandalous. Uh, Jewish men don't talk to women in public. You don't do that. It says that even in this Bible passage, the disciples were amazed. They were basically astonished and scandalized that they saw Jesus talking to just a woman. You don't do that. It's a scandal. He's talking to a Samaritan. You don't do that. That's a scandal. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. They will not be near a Samaritan. And here's Jesus. And he's talking and being with a woman with a reputation. Everybody knew. Remember that part when the woman was washing his feet in the other gospel and they said, doesn't he know what kind of woman this is? Oh, he knows. He knows. And he stands with her. And Jesus stands with you. He stands with you. And he stands with me. He stands with us. We the one who think he can't. We think there's this, and then there's Jesus and religion. These can't be together. But they are. In Jesus. He asks her then, and I find this so touching, the first thing he does is he asks for a drink. 
He asks her for a drink. He asks her to help him, to serve him. Her. So she's important to you? You need her? She's necessary? Yeah. Yeah, she is. And so are you. And so am I. You know, the, the disciples say, how? Or the people say, how can you, or she says, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? How can you ask that? Because Jesus is the scandalous love of God. He's the scandalous love of God. And when we get that, we realize there's no God-free place here in this human life. No God-free place. No place God and Jesus will not go and be with us. Well, we'll not here. No, there too. We'll not. No, there too. Anywhere and everywhere he comes. You know, a church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for the wounded. This is a hospital for us. So what do we do with our wounds? Well, sometimes we just put them in a box and push them away. But there's something else we could do. We can acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, that hurts. And uh, I don't like to look at it, but it's affecting my life. I can share it with a, a, a couple, one or two very trusted people. You could help you. And you could do what Jesus does. He brings himself to us we can bring ourselves and our wounds to him. We can bring them to him. That's why he came. Because he's our savior. In Latin, savior means salvus. It's a salve on a wound. Jesus came to heal our wounds. You know, you might say, well, that's just pious talk. You know, I'm in church and they like to talk pious like this. I don't think so. This woman's life was never the same after she met him. And our lives are never the same either after we meet Jesus in our wounds. You see, friends, faith is an encounter with a person, the person of Jesus. We encounter him personally in our life. And this love that is like no other, who comes to the very places we'd rather push him away. And he loves us there, embraces us there, like the prodigal son is embraced. All he can do is love us, for he is love. He isn't just one who loves. He is love. 
in Jesus, the wounded one. We have nothing to fear. He was so wounded. He is so weak. He was so despised. There's nothing we have to fear. He gets it. He gets it. Friends, there's a gap between the love we needed and the love we received in all of our lives. We needed this love, but we only got that. And there's a gap. Jesus fills the gap through personally encountering him and his love for you. It's the place he most wants to come. And you can see this woman is so transformed that she then goes forth and tells the people who she was avoiding about Jesus because she's free. She becomes one of the first to know the saving power of God in Christ. One of the first. This woman. You know, our wounds are all part of our spiritual life. They're part of our spiritual life. They're not meant to be put in a box on a shelf, but be part of our prayer and our life of faith. Open the box and love arrives. I had a a woman told me a story. She had another woman come to her who had terrible things happen to them. Terrible, just devastating wounds. The woman, of course, didn't know what to say. What what do you say? So she said, let's go before the, the cross. It's a true story. So the two of them just sat there in front of the cross for 30 minutes, silently, gazing on the cross. Long time, no words. Then the woman at the end, who was so devastated, got up and said to her, it's okay now. It's okay. And she walked out. Friends, I invite you when you're home to take five, ten minutes and to silently be with him. Imagine uh, Jesus standing before you. In fact, we can do that right now. You could close our eyes just for a minute. And in your imagination, you can imagine Jesus standing before you. Just you and him. Jesus and you. And he's standing before you just as you are. With all the wonderful qualities of your life and beauty and all your wounds. And just try to imagine the fact, to feel even, that his love is so scandalous, 
that he really loves all of you just as you are. Just stay with that for 10 seconds. We thank you for listening and for sharing the good news with Deacon John, who asks you to come back often and support him by subscribing, by rating the site, and please share our site with others in your circle.